So it's come to this. Finally. We're wow. back to this. The hal- yeah, our our uh, Halloween edition. Our, our late- weeks after yeah. the spookiness of Halloween. It's our special Veterans Day episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to all the veterans out there. Let's- <laughs> Hard to be creepy so while you're spooky. thinking veterans. <laughs> Saluting and being spooked. Who are you? I'm Charlie. I am Eric. And it's come to this. It's come to this. Welcome back to this movie podcast. And this uh, Veterans Day spectacular. Yeah, we we spooktacular. We had plans, and you know, I actually did get the Beyond episode out on Halloween, but we had a lot of plans for Halloween and they all kind of uh, yeah, they all kind of went up in smoke, as it were. Because uh because our, our state, whole county our caught on fire. On fire. Yeah. Uh, specifically, uh, yeah, our, our county. We had a lot of in-laws coming by the house and uh, taking up our time. So we're back yeah. to it. Our state right now is basically the end of the movie. This is the end. <laughs> it's just everything's molten lava. Yeah. There's just demons. I do kind of expect a giant pit to just open up yeah. and swallow me the at pit, any point. We really. haven't been hit with the pits. Where yet. are the pits at? Yeah. Those are coming. The past due for pits. Oh god. <laughs> so yes, we we had plans and they were gonna be grand. The Beyond episode did drop on Halloween. It did. Excellent work it was in the fun. editing department. Thank you, to thank edit you. Edit in our post well, and, cool uh, jokes. Good time to thank Ben engineer here at Shackleford Studios, who's our uh, off-mic producer. Yes. Thank you, Ben. The most diligent producer in the biz. He's so professional, he's acting like he's he can't even hear us. He's ignoring the compliments. <laughs> he's playing it so cool. We love you, Ben. But uh, we, got, we got a big movie. Dude. We got a great, and a California movie. A California movie. That's Perfect. what's so cool, yeah. We are going to Santa Carla. We're in Santa Carla. The Better. murder capital of the world, <laughs> Better Santa known as the murder capital of the world. Uh, take that, other states. Yeah, boom. California's got it. <laughs> we got it, We baby. have the most serial killers. We got all the murder capitals. Yeah. Especially in the 80s. Uh, yeah, we're talking about The Lost Boys, 1987. Oh, what a picture. Wow. This is a good one. I just... Uh, I just watched it this morning again to kind of catch up. Mm-hmm. You actually saw it on the big screen recently, Eric. Yeah, I so I have only seen The Lost Boys on the big screen. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Ever. Uh, but yeah, I had, lucky me, a trip booked that took place during a lot of the fires. I went up to Portland. That's right, yeah. Had booked this months ago. Get this, guys. The whole <laughs> county catches on fire. Eric says, Gotta yeah, go. right. The catch is on fire, and then I'm the guy being like, "Oh, well, I was just leaving town." <laughs> the whole city on blaze behind me, not it. looking suspicious at all. No, just sold Sonoma <laughs> County a monorail, and now I'm skipping up to Oregon. Just playing Billy Joel. We can start the fire over on repeat. <laughs> on, it's jamming, and it Halloween was not actually canceled up in Oregon. No, because they are not burning down. Nothing but trees up there. Not yet. Not burning down yet. <laughs> so Halloween was not canceled and got into town and the Laurelhurst 
was doing a screening of The Lost Boys. They were also doing a screening of The Vampire's Kiss, mm. which is a harder sell for me. Harder sell. Um, <laughs> you know, and it, well, man, the 80s and vampire movies is such a cool it's great. time for the genre. And, it is a uh, great part of the genre. It's my favorite part of the genre. Right. The 80s vampires. The, the, as much the, as I love the Hammer stuff. Sure. Oh. But there's something about the modernization of mm-hmm. the vampire in the 80s, uh, probably starting with, what, Fright Night oh, in 85? Fr- wow, that's something a, before that's that, That's a good maybe? call. I, I'm sure there were before that, but Fright Night really, like, he had that 80s slickness to him, but was still sure. the classic romantic vampire. Yeah, that was maybe a good gateway, yeah, kind of between old school vampire and the new, you know, next door vampire, right? Exactly, yeah. And so then, Fright Night's uh, yeah. a good call, which is a film I... I love obviously great film and Chris that's Chris Sarandon is the sure sure the sure. cool vampire yeah and then you got but then you got Lost Boys and Near Dark and even the Monster Squad the guy who oh, plays man. Dracula in the Monster Squad great very cool so we got some very cool vampire portrayals all within four years of each other yeah uh, I and think the Lost Boys though maybe is probably my favorite. Is I'm it? I'm a near dark man. Oh yeah, myself. yeah, yeah. Near dark is my favorite. You near know dark what, is my favorite vampire movie. Completely ever. different beasts. Totally. Right. It's they both to, came out the same year, and I love them. them. Uh, they are my one two movies mm. for 1987. Oh nice. My one and two. Uh, I love both so much. But well, we'll, we'll definitely dark be talking gets, near dark at some point. But uh, sure. yeah. But the Lost Boys was playing at the Laurelhurst, and I just couldn't pass it up mm. seeing it again in a theater. Yeah. It. Uh, it's it plays so well in front of a theater. So there's a game I like to play that I've played with you a bit. Not so much a game as a party question. <laughs> okay. Where we try and name the biggest movie within a parameter that we've not seen. Sure. You know, I've asked this. Uh, the, the the blind spot in your kind of movie Yeah, like which, which huge genre movie... Have mm-hmm. you still not seen? And, you know, one of our friends had never seen Jaws, which is obviously a huge one. Right. You know, uh, but, you know, some people, if we're doing expanding it, you say, oh, I've never seen, uh, you know, Gone with the Wind. That's a big, uh, big movie in history. Uh, we, yeah. We sure. usually do sure, it with sure. genre, though. Right. And my genre answer was The Lost Boys. Mm. For the longest time. I never saw this. Didn't get to see it until like five years ago mm-hmm. when Colt Knight. Is that when you Ran first it. saw it on yeah, the big yeah, yeah. screen, right? Up in the, the, theater twelve, the local they still cult had it night. there. Yeah, um, and I was just so pumped because it was a good a good crowd, probably like 150 people, one of the bigger ones. Yeah, and they were they were all so into the Lost Boys. I remember it this was the screen, perfect yeah. way to get introed in. It was a movie I was confident I was going to love. Mm-hmm. I wasn't avoiding it because. You know, no, there I was, was no, dreading yeah. it sucked. I mean, you hate Jason Patrick. That's well <laughs> oh, documented. No. That Patrick, <laughs> speed two, come on. Yeah. I got Cruise a big, control my ass. Yeah, I got a big beef with JP. No, like there's everything I, I knew about the movie pointed to me like that it was going to be a movie I dug. Right, right, right. And I guess I was not anticipating digging it as much as I did, but that theater experience was so perfect. And just the opening beats of this movie, when he turns around and sees 
the murder capital of the world <laughs> written across the back of that billboard. I I was like already like, oh, so I love this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love this all. Well, right off the bat, it's so, uh, yeah, it hooks you first with that theme song that plays, the Cry Little Sister song mm. over the opening credits. And you got that shot over the ocean and yeah. you see the boardwalk at night, right? You've got oh, that man. lit up night boardwalk. N- and Night carnivals? Oh, yeah. One of the best things in movies. Well, I was going to say, I think we ha- Lost Boys has been on our list since we saw Us, which was our first yeah. episode of this thing. And it had the same night carnival scene. So did it, too. And, uh, yeah, and we were like, oh, you know who? You, you know, know the movie's you got know the, the best. night carnival scene. <laughs> yeah. Lost Boys, yeah. So oh, it's the yeah. Santa Cruz boardwalk, very famous uh, boardwalk, at least mm-hmm. around here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's as. Boardwalk! I guess it's probably only famous because of. Stuff like the Lost it's probably Boys. I mean yeah probably most famous <laughs> yeah for these uh, yeah these movies the horror movies I'm, that choose to film there yeah and uh, the the boardwalk I've only been during the day mm. it is not very interesting during the day it had a pretty good mini golf course ooh the mini golf course scenes had to get cut out of the Lost Boys mini golf doesn't play as scary a little tedious yeah it yeah. doesn't play as spooky yeah the yeah, vam- yeah. The, though I could see if there was a deleted scene on the Blu-ray that's like. <laughs> You know, Kiefer Sutherland, the boys play mini golf and they're vampire. I'd be like, oh, I'm watching that scene. It's just them frustratingly like hitting the windmill every time. You guys, it says you get par six, you have to move along. There's people waiting behind us. So <laughs> those overhead shots into the boardwalk and into Santa Cruz are some of my favorite in film. That captures the era perfectly. And say what you will about Joe Schumacher, that was a great choice. That he used throughout the movie, those overhead mm-hmm. sweeping shots, you know, that really put you in uh, the the bat's eye view. Kind of, you know, Schumacher was the man at, at 1987. Mm-hmm. He was a big, uh, oh yeah, he was a great director, and he only gets kind of the weird reputation for those Batman movies he did. Yeah, which, that's you really know, the only. Blank. I almost blame the 90s as much <laughs> as I blame him. Like yeah. just the era of the 90s sure. kind of ruined Batman. Um, but yeah, at that at that point, he had done DC Cab, he had done Saint Elmo's Fire, and uh, yeah, Lost Boys, and then he was doing In Excess videos and stuff as well. So yeah. he understood cool that guy. style. Yeah, and uh, he was very hip. And I mean, DC Cab, hip. I don't know, but he was hip. <laughs> Pretty yeah. sure it's got Timothy Carey. Uh, DC Cab, it's got Mr. T, so it yeah. rules right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> and Gary but, Busey, I think, is in that one too. His yeah. Schumacher's choices for how to shoot this movie, I mean, it it put me right in Santa Clara, and I was in love with all of it. I loved how Santa Cruz popped in this movie. Yeah. But yeah, that, that those shots at night especially. Oh, night carnivals. You always heard wet concrete looks great on film. Mm. You know, all those film noirs with the hose down streets, sure. even though it's not raining. Because <laughs> the wet concrete looks amazing right. on a movie. Night carnivals. Oh my gosh! Give me a midway. I'm going to Santa Cruz uh, later this month. I'm just, I'm gonna insist that we go at night to the <gasps> boardwalk. Oh my gosh! I'm, I'm jealous. And then I'm gonna live stream the whole thing. So yeah, good. just to make you jealous. Just to do that. Yeah. Rub it in. Like, it's not that great. It's like a two-hour drive. And I'm just like, sure yet. would be nice. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. But yeah, the Lost Boys. Uh, yeah, you first see the gang. So uh, it's Kiefer Sutherland. Great it's, gang. It's Alex Winter from Bill and Ted. Yeah. It may be his only non-Bill and Ted role. <laughs> One of. That other, uh, there was an early 90s movie comedy that was really funny. 
Mm. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and then a couple other guys who you don't know, but uh, yeah, they're all mulleted out. They this got movie the, they is got a, the leather jackets. This they, movie has some pioneering mullets. Oh my! It's uh, like five different. It ones. was almost like they were in a competition to out mullet <laughs> yeah. the other one. Like the one guy shows up with the big feathery mullet, the other guy shows up and it's down to his you know back, right? So the first yeah. guy's like ah, and then Alex Winter shows up and it's down to his knees. Alex basically. Winters is like curled and braided, and the, the guys are like, oh come on! It's like a permed mullet on top, and then yeah, like braided almost dreads yeah. coming out the back. Yeah, it'd be like like, if, like if wow, Dusty Rhodes man. grew a mullet, like a big old braided mullet at some point. Yeah, part of it was like, I went to the Caribbean and got these beads in my hair, and the rest <laughs> was just this long, curly, mullety mane. It was crazy. And then the other guy just was like growing out his full, like, Gerardo he was going, hair. Yeah, he was going full mane. Just like the curly, feathered mane. And he, then His was great. Yeah. It was like spectacular. Black and luscious. Kiefer is basically doing like uh, if Billy Idol grew a mullet. Mm-hmm. He's this doing is like more the of the classic blonde. bully mullet, but yeah. bleached. Yeah. The bully mullet is usually that, but brown. It's probably about the same time that Kiefer Sutherland was doing Stand By Me. Yeah. I mean, uh, probably basically same hair, just yeah. different outfits. But yeah, this movie is 80s to the max in, in all that way. Oh, yeah. it's, it's the costumes, the sets, the music. Everything is just screaming 1987, um, but not in an mm. ironic way. Like it's a full <laughs> yeah, on like don't do this pub crawls is... and <laughs> and it's a funny movie. It's a comedy, but I don't think it's one. Of, I, I'm I'm not sure if it's like self referential or kind of making fun of the 80s or if it's just I don't going for a comedic bit within the context of the you know yeah I don't read too deeply into it. Uh, but I do think I demand it captured. You read yes, into uh, this movie. Oh, jeez! I need Strap your. In. I need your full <laughs> philosophical take on the Lost Boys. Well, you see, like the mulleted gang members represent. It's like the we're all and... the Lost Boys in yeah. some way. <laughs> but it's like a great, great cast. Everybody has. Everybody looks great. It has the two Corys, one of the famous two Corey movies. It's got. This is the first two Corys movie. Yeah. This is the first. Our license to drive pod is oh my God. coming up soon. Did, have I ever told you that when I literally, uh, when I did driving school at age 15, like the two-week driving school you have to take, they mm-hmm. showed they showed license to drive on the last day. Like that was like, that was well, the... we did all the curriculum. Let's watch what? license to drive. They just showed us red asphalt. <laughs> which is no, horrible. they didn't traumatize us. They were like, watch these kids go in reverse for about 20 minutes. Red asphalt <laughs> is straight up faces of death. And they're just showing it to 15-year-olds in the library at school. Mm. You should have gone to mine. (laughs) Yeah. My driving class was awesome. License drives way better. It was also called AA driving because it was like A plus, A plus or something, but everyone called it Alcoholics Anonymous driving school. (laughs) (laughs) Good day. Anyways, and the two Corys captured the, the vibe of this And the two Corys, time. man, uh, yeah, that's that's all I think about when I think of License to Drive. But this was the first, the two Corys, Haim and, and uh, Fetterman. What's his name? Feldman? <laughs> What's his <laughs> name? Oh, I completely on. forgot um, <laughs> Corey Feldman's name there for a second. I love whoever made the choice. This is the one of the weirdest things in a movie to be. Whatever <laughs> prop department person was like, so my idea for Corey Haim is to put him in biggest women's blouses we can find <laughs> biggest and, and brightest the most pink and easter blue neon women's blouses that are like size triple xl 
on this tiny little little man. Tiny, In tiny boy. Every scene, he's got a bigger and bigger and billowier <laughs> button-up neon shirt. It's insane. I was, love it. I mean, that they was just the kept style, growing, right? and the collars kept getting bigger, <laughs> and they would just be flapping everywhere when they were on the coast. They were the most insanely large shirts possible, and I loved every screen second of it. Mm. So good, but yeah, this movie on the big screen is so exciting. All the characters, it's so well cast. It all pops so great, and it's just one of the most fun, kind of weirdly deep stories. Well, it's got a lot of the classic vampire elements, right? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, obviously the modern take, but it's, you know, Feldman and his uh, brother, the Frog Brothers, are the Van Helsings, you know, of the story. And you're looking for the head vampire, you know, you're yeah. doing a lot of a lot classic, of classic elements. vampire elements. And what's that's what's so fun, because these characters are characters who know what a vampire is. It's in the comic books that they're reading. They know about garlic and holy water. And... Uh, they're not, you know, I just, I can't get over the Frog Brothers. I know. And uh, it's a funny piece of writing. They are just so deadly serious. I, and uh, Feldman reads his lines like he's, it's in the same like Sylvester Stallone being serious delivery. Where he's like, you don't know a thing about vampires. <laughs> like he's, Even he's the so open- serious and squinty eyed. Yeah. Just both of them are always narrow eyed staring at Corey Haim. And it's such a fun written group of characters the first the first time you see these guys Corey Haim is walks into a comic book shop and uh you know they're kind of eyeballing him right and he comes up and he's like oh, i'm looking for batman so-and-so that's a very serious book yeah <laughs> and also so just like night carnivals are one lines. of my favorite things in a movie another script staple i love is when a guy casually explains how into a thing he is <laughs> so when Corey Haim's doing like a oh I was just looking to see if you had Superman number 14. It's just like, oh. And like you said, that's a serious Because it's a very serious book. It's only <laughs> four in existence. So the kid walking into the comic book shop <laughs> is looking for the book that has only four copies in existence. And then he throw, he doubles down and he says, yeah, I'm looking for the other three. Yeah. Then it was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> also, <Get> him, <laughs> these kids, this family who uh, has no money. So they're well, sure. running away to. He's just sitting on some sixty-five grand comic. No. <laughs> he's full of bullshit, is what he is. <laughs> well, he's that, just, that's why it's great. It's so it's, funny because it, all the the best written versions of those scenes show actual knowledge of the product combined with a boast that's so stupid <laughs> that the people with knowledge of the product would immediately know that that is bullshit. They're just yeah. But it is a specific rhythm to that kind of scene. You know, they're they're kids. I mean, they're 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 supposed to be (laughs) twelve, thirteen years old, right? You know, they're they're children, and yeah, the Frog Brothers are deadly serious, and uh, they know about the vampires. No one else seems to know about the vampires in in Santa Carla. Um, It kind of has that same vibe for me as Dairy Maine. Oh yeah, where more murders are happening here than anywhere else, but the the town knows it, but kind of doesn't know it. Well, you're seeing all the you know missing children's posters and everything's on the milk carton and stuff as mm-hmm. it was in the 80s. And kind of a great reminder that they used to put missing kids on milk cartons. They still do. Do they still? Yeah. I guess I don't drink milk anymore. Yeah, we just, exactly. <laughs> we, we're now adults and we all realize that's weird. What if, one day we all had a glass and said, what am I drinking, milk? What, what are we doing here? <laughs> what, what, what's happening? <laughs> 
Well, you know, the other day, so because of the fire, the in-laws stayed, a tangent. Yeah. And they brought cereal over because they eat cereal in the morning. Sure. And they were like, here, you want some cereal? And I'm like, cereal? <laughs> what a concept. I have. Uh, I, ha- I haven't had a bowl of cereal since I was, you know, 13 years old. I eat myself. one bowl was, of cereal. I was Hames age when I was yeah. eating cereal. <laughs> yeah, I eat like one bowl of cereal like a month. Hmm. So then I just buy a full box of cereal and a full thing of milk. And then I use it like once and I'm like, oh, that was good. <laughs> and then I'm like, my relationship with I milk is again. done for a... Uh, I just... It, I can drink it too. It I'm not even to me. intolerant. <laughs> I just suddenly realized, what am I drinking here? What am I doing? Just a thick, what am I just viscous a, liquid here. Thi- what? <laughs> what am I doing on like a hot day? <laughs> and... The Lost Boys captures that vibe of drinking milk. <laughs> so good. Uh, well, it made me think of being a kid, right? Mm-hmm. It, so this whole movie, this movie feels like being, being a, a kid. kid. Yeah. This movie does such a great job of capturing the ages of its different characters. It feels like a kind of Goonies comparable movie. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Where you really get into the world of these 13-year-old kids, then you get into the world of these late teens, edgy kids. And I like the elements of Diane Weist even getting back out there i love diane weist in yeah. this yeah she's the single mom uh to Corey Haim and jason patrick yeah she's uh she's great she's, she's always she's great. yeah she's a great mom um, mom choice in this one and edward herman is great as her boss and maybe he has a more important uh he's the love interest role. right and then maybe something else he's the guy i always mix up with harry anderson <laughs> this guy's edward kind of a herman. meteor head harry anderson <laughs> <laughs> Who was in it? Who was in Dairy Yeah, Main. exactly. That's what mm-hmm. was making me think of it. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, great, great cast all around. And uh, I just, uh, yeah, it. All the scenes tickled me when I was watching this. thing. It's it, such a joy. It's, My when I got to see it great. for that first time in the theater, it was such the perfect crowd because it wasn't people yelling lines around. It was just people there that this was like their favorite movie. Oh, yeah. And they were just in pure joy the whole time. It's a joyous experience. And the best part of that. So, you know, you get people like cheering when the Frog Brothers first appear and that kind of stuff, which is great. But the best was that concert scene. The concert scene. Yeah, the infamous. end all concert scenes. And that's great because it comes about 15 minutes into the movie. You don't have to wait too long. Uh -uh. It's early in. And since I had never seen Lost Boys, I... I somehow didn't know that guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that guy was a thing. I've and, seen things parroting. And listener, if you've seen The Lost Boys, I think you know who that guy is. Yeah. We're referencing the concert scene. I'm forgetting his name now. The the He is the muscled up. He's the sax Oiled man. up. <laughs> ripped to shreds. Greasy as hell. Sax player. And he is saxing the hell out of this thing and i had no idea this was in the movie but i'm sitting in the theater for the first time seeing the lost boys and i can just hear a buzz starting in the crowd right like the sound of a hundred people whispering to the people next to him as the camera's flying over and you're and i'm like what is what what is this? What's the, what's like there was the, just this. There was a bu- there was a growing there was an murmur yeah. and an energy in the round, and then it just cuts to this beefcake blazing on a sax, and the crowd is just in pure joy. And uh, yeah, if you've not seen this guy, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger with a long greasy ponytail mm-hmm. and just the yeah chains around his neck. 
He's got the big studded belt. His name's Tim Capello. Anyways, Tim Capello. He's the man. oiled, and he's just oiled. <laughs> yeah. He's just this... fully oiled up, humping the sacks, playing oh, into it. There was it. a lot of hip thrusts. And, yeah, Should have been exactly. a flag on the play. And it was the... it was extreme. The song's pretty good, too. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, 15 years ago at this job, that song was playing on the radio. And one of my coworkers is like, oh, man. It's that song from Lost Boys. Now and I was like, I don't what song? And he's just like, dude, the one at the concert in the Lost Boys. And I'm just like, huh. And then he did but he didn't choose to go on. He did, right. He he knew better. He, yeah, he, he must was like, have like, let, let this let boy you, yeah. discover it for himself. I'm gonna let this lost boy this this find lad this Tim Capello. Yeah. Uh holy what a what a performance. It was uh yeah, it's the Iconic. most infamous part of the movie, movie concert for us but all but i love the looks that's also our intro scene to jamie gertz mm-hmm. who is gorgeous in this movie she is so pretty and the perfect kind of lost girl who's not quite a vampire yet i thought the casting of her was really great and this concert's like our intro because we get about I didn't, I lost count, maybe 17 back and forth glances between Jason Patrick and... Uh, it's not even glances, he just stares her yeah, down. Yeah, he's just staring at her he, in this show. He goes, uh, yeah, Jason Patrick is the single horniest character I've ever known in a movie yeah. of all time. Because he sees this girl at a concert. He's basically she just honking pretty. at her... She in is his car. pretty, but he sees her and locks on like a warhead. I get it, and man. And uh, won't stop staring at her, and then eventually follows her to, uh, or no, take, wants to take her on the motorcycle ride, mm-hmm. and that's where he meets up with the Lost Boys. Oh man! And everything that happens after that, I'm screaming like, "Get out of there! Yeah. Go away! Don't don't race the weird bully <laughs> Billy Idol with a mullet guy. He's so this- clearly up to no good. Like walk away. There's a lot of women in Santa Carla, I assume. Yeah, and. That but scene he, looked hot. He doesn't Come give on. up. There was he, tons of kids there. there was, yeah. The, the, the hot punk girl scene in Santa Carla was jumping. Did you see how many people were <laughs> All at Tim them. Capello's concert? So many surf and uh, weirdo yeah. punks. And... Oh, 1987 surf punk is one of the hottest genres captured on film. God bless. I'm, I want to go to Santa Cruz. Just praying that their local thrift stores have any leftover remnants of uh, 1987 right. surf punk. I want that zigzag Ocean Pacific design clothing. I want to start pulling that off. Oh, The Lost Boys looks great. It has... I didn't really notice this until this viewing. It's only my second viewing uh, Mm -hmm. when I saw it up in Portland. It has several parallels to my absolute favorite movie of all time, Blue Velvet. Mm. In the same ways... Uh, I'm going to sit back and just let you go here. Well, it'll be pretty (laughs) obvious once I say it. The Jeffrey Beaumont character and uh, Jason Patrick's character, how many different moments was I just like, dude, stop going. Stop doing more. Just find something else to do in town. Stop pursuing this specific person. And it's like... So many moments of, like, the right choice would be to not keep pursuing. And I love that about the Jason, the, the dumb, 
late teens curiosity. Yeah. Well, you know what? It, it's almost like, uh, so his name is Michael in the movie, and it reminds me a lot of uh, Marty McFly. Just he can't, he yeah. can't be called a chicken. <laughs> yeah. He can't uh, be thought of less. So they're having this motorcycle race in the fog, and Kiefer Sutherland is obviously leading him to the cliff edge. Yeah. And he almost goes off a cliff because of this guy. That's where I walk away, yeah. I think. Once I that figure out the clear. guy wants me to drive off a cliff, <laughs> yeah. I think we're good. Have a good night. You yeah, got it. We're All good. right, I'll go but find some other girl to going back. And yeah, he and then he goes, Michael, you know, how how far are you willing to take it? That was a good key for it first. And, oh, you right. could, you could you sustained it Michael. for a few. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, okay, so the other thing. Is, you, you I know nailed, this guy's name is Michael. You nailed the Feldman earlier. You, you, you did a good Kiefer right the, there. The other reason why I know this guy's name is Michael is because that's the only word any of the gang says other than Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> All three of the other vampire gang members are like, yeah, Michael, Michael, Mikey, hey, Mikey. The whole, that's, that's all they say. In that's the, their only contribution to the, the dialogue. Theater, <laughs> in the theater, it had surround sound. And so it sounded like as it, you know, the camera was spinning around, you could hear like the gang behind your right. ear being like, hey, Mikey. Mikey, 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 Mikey. Yeah, and then We get to hear about variations reason. on Michael more than that woman yelled for her dog Dicky. It's in the exactly beyond. the same thing. That's all I could think about was like, these guys are doing the Dicky. Yeah. They're doing <laughs> Dicky right now. They're doing You're just saying Dickie. a guy's name over and over and over again, which you don't do yeah, in real life. That. Not even to taunt him. Yeah. Not even to egg him on. No one I'm not you know, if I'm trying to get you to jump off a cliff, I'm not going, Eric, Eric. I don't know. I, I think it's <laughs> so, it's so weird to use somebody's name repeatedly that by the fifth time Somebody uses your name in one conversation. I think they're trying to goad you into a fight. Exactly. I think there's something about like, stop all right, look, 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 Charlie. Let me. What I'm saying here is like, right. The only by person... the fifth time I reference Charlie, you'd be like, what the fuck is he? What's going on? What here? is he trying to the do? The only to person me right who now? can say my name multiple times in a conversation is my mother. <laughs> when she's yeah, my grandma, me. who needs reminders of who I am, yeah. needs to regularly get my name said, but. Dude, the, so the other Blue Velvet parallel, which I really love, is the sick as hell four-person gang. Mm. The Blue Velvet gang of Dennis Hopper and his goons is my favorite movie gang. Uh, that's going to be tough to beat. Mm. That's my, with Brad Dorif giggling the whole time in like silver Dorf. sport coats and uh, you know, you Jack Nance. Nance. Uh-huh. Oh, mm. great movie gang. There's like a barbecue dad as the other guy is like a tall guy in a fedora and like perfect movie gang. But Kiefer Sutherland's Lost Boys. Kiefer and the Lost Boys. Kiefer and the Lost Boys. That's a summer jam. How does he not have a band? Yeah, that's just him and the Lost Boys. Dude, but such a cool four guy gang. And I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a like a weenie. An intimidating gang. Because the the intimidating gangs, the four person gangs, have the weirdos. Well, Kiefer, plays they all it feel like good. wild cards. Yeah, you know, he uh, it, it does feel dangerous when mm-hmm. when Michael's out with them, and uh, it keeps going along with them even though they're feeding him maggots instead of rice and, and all <laughs> yeah. that stuff. But I love the Lost Boys home cave. Oh, cave, the, the cave set's really great. Yeah, the uh, so it's funny though because uh, they mentioned the 1906 earthquake in this movie, and a, actually a lot of sets were destroyed. Two years later, the Loma Prieta earthquake, huh. which was actually had a, had a 
centered closer to Santa Cruz than San Francisco. Wild. So uh, actually, that comic our, book our, shop and a lot of that stuff you see got, all got destroyed whoa. by the earthquake. So, actually, I didn't know that. A little tidbit That's there. That's a little cool local hey, uh, flavor. There you go, guys. Uh, a lot of death and destruction. Yeah, we talked about the fires. Santa yeah. Cruz has we really also had never a been crazy the same. earthquake thirty years ago. Yeah, exactly. It ruined just, a World Series. And don't think that's not just been in the back of my head. <laughs> yeah. Just waiting for that next earthquake. That's the hole that's going to open. That's the one. That's, that's the one. That's the one. I'm yeah. watching you ground. That's, <laughs> you're going to get us. One of us is going to go. <laughs> if the wind doesn't get us, then uh, yeah, start fires. Dude, the, the way literal the literal ground will do it. The way the vampires get. I mean, you know, this is a vampire movie. It, it leaves all the vampire hints there. We got a pretty strong feeling. A lot of people are talking about vampires. Oh, yeah. These kids are acting like real jerks, and it's easy to put one and one together. But you haven't seen anything explicit yet. Yeah, we haven't exactly. gotten any, yeah, no gore. They hide all that. They hide the killings. You get the bat's eye view. And so when we finally Ooh. get to that Kiefer reveal, it's one of my favorite shots in, in horror, that when you get the fangs and the eyes. Oh yeah, when you finally see the f- the final form kind of look of them with the mm-hmm. and, and even the cheekbones. Yeah, and, the uh, cheekbones are different, and you just get that like bright white light on them. So you get a lot of white on the screen, and then a little red. Mm. And it was just such a cool. Uh, it's a good reveal. It's a great reveal, and yeah. and uh, all of the the four gang are all kind of doing their laughing. Full as a vampire. Hey, Michael. <laughs> hey, Michael. Again. A lot so of Michaels. Yeah. Saying Michael. But yeah, they're, they're saying all sitting in, in that spookier tree. voice. It's a really cool yeah, look of them all in this big tree looking oh. down on this campfire of uh, the smorgasbord they're about to dive <laughs> about into. About these poor bros just partying oh. on the beach. Poor people, man. They're you kind of ha- feel bad for the victims in this one. I, they're just that basically so just looks like they're partying on the beach. And that whole scene, I get a feeling that one of the Red Hot Chili Peppers is like, this is what all of our videos are going to be. <laughs> Before the vampire stuff. We're going to dance around this fire wearing like tribal stuff while drinking beers. <laughs> that's it, guys. That's uh, that's living, man. Yeah, you were you were going to say, I, I know you're into the, uh, the blood drinking scene. Oh, yeah. As another example of like, Michael. Well, the whole Come thing. On. The whole thing with Michael. So many red flags for you Michael. Know, he's clearly having hallucinations. If they've not poisoned him, then there's something mindfuckery going on. Yeah. And he keeps going along, and eventually they're out on some railroad tracks. Oh, the railroad tracks. Hanging seems from intense. this bridge with the fog beneath them. And, uh,. When, yeah, when's it going to end, man? When is enough enough, <laughs> yeah. Michael? <laughs> what an easy guy to pray. Like, that's how, that's why the importance was so, so, so crucial. The gang had to be cool. Mm. Couldn't just be following a bunch of Zeebs around, man. You had to get a cool gang for I this suppose. guy. You had to get a hot girl and a cool gang. So, so at least you can be like, I mean, the gang does seem very cool, and <laughs> the girl is very attractive. I mean, they know they look like they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, like there has to be some at least. Like, I mean, I wouldn't do it, but well, there's extreme the blood drinking, all of the the railroads. I think uh, if I've lasted through the blood drinking, by the time I got the railroads, I'd be like very worried about my upper arm strength. It just and it, I think I would just I would just wait for them to hang and then I would just try and run. It would be it wouldn't go well for me. But I'm, that yeah. would oh I wouldn't be doing it. I'm just thinking of the gang now and uh, comparing them to like the the motorcycle gang in uh, CC and Company. 
and how they just biffed on their bikes all day long yeah. and like crashed on purpose and how uncool that gang was. <laughs> yeah. And then like imagining Michael just being like CC and just like, all right, I'm going to go. <laughs> maybe going to get into motocross. These guys just, I don't know. <laughs> for this, fun, just crashing and kind of getting bored with the gang, right, to be guys. honest. Yeah, but uh, no, can't all get the, enough. All the women in CC and company were like, mouthy trash (laughs) just like hmm uh yeah no i think i'm good (laughs) i I dipped my toe into bike life and i'm good (laughs) this is is what you guys do this is yeah sit around uh eat chinese food michael who had previously seen cc and company now sees this gang is like oh shit oh here we go these guys are dangerous no but there is a there is a sense of danger Uh and i think Kiefer sutherland really is obviously he's the one who's cementing that and he but he's got a great sinister tone to him Kiefer plays this great this and, is a uh, strong yeah. performance and that's another thing the uh the the similarities to to blue velvet where mm-hmm. the, just like the obsession this guy goes in you know where he has to know he's making the lousiest choices and making his whole family worry about him but he's so obsessed with mm-hmm. just these new things that he'd never encountered before. It's a very cool theme. And I didn't really think about the parallels until they were standing out really strongly to me this time. I get it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure Corey Haim was wearing a 4XL lavender blouse. <laughs> that's the same color as Isabella Rossellini's apartment in Blue Velvet. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. That could be. Yeah, yeah. that could happen. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a, there's a little something something to that and yeah the gang is uh Kiefer kind of is the Dennis Hopper of the gang and yeah. yeah he's got the sense of danger and uh strikes out a little bit but uh yeah it's uh it's a cool it's gang it's so and- cool and the way it unfolds you'd mentioned like yeah it's a comedy you said earlier and the funny stuff is funny but i i do think the scary stuff is scary i thought mm-hmm. that the hanging from underneath the train tracks is that scared me the first time I saw it because I had no idea, you know, all the basically all the elements of Jason Patrick Michael going too far. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff scares me, you know. That yeah. scares people. He's <laughs> and, uh, he is well, you know, it's, it's really intense, and I think they match the intensity really well. The racing through the fog up to the edge of the cliff mm-hmm. that that's intense. To it me. is tense, yeah, it is tense, and he is a. Uh, Jason Patrick actually for making fun of it early, him earlier he uh, has a cool kind of transformation because he's slowly becoming this vampire. He doesn't want to become a vampire. He's struggling mm-hmm. with it all of that. Uh, I thought he did that very well. It was again another kind of trope. Um, but uh, he really, yeah even with Near Dark that year you had yeah. Caleb not wanting to be part of this lifestyle and Jason Patrick, you know the guy who kept going back. Then he's the one going like oh wait no ooh. <laughs> Go away! No, this isn't actually what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. So, so I messed up. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but so all the the humor works really well. We get you know the, the Frog Brothers bring a lot to that side of things. They do, and they bring kind of the the goony aspect of it because mm-hmm. they're the young kids and they're so determined to uh, be vampire hunters. But every time they get into it, it's basically them just screaming and hugging each other in yeah. terror every they, time the shit hits the fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love the element of the character that they're actually right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they actually do know everything about this, and they can do, like, we get that 
so I love the dinner scene mm-hmm. where they keep trying to poorly sure. out uh, Edward Herman. <laughs> but then I love that the Frog Brothers legitimately get to murder Alex Winter in their cave. I love yeah. that it wasn't just some all of them wake up and then they scream. They straight stabbed a dude they, with a stake. They climb and a wall start, basically yeah. and do it. Yeah, they're, they're hanging upside down in this cave. That's the right? first reveal we actually get of them kind of living like right. stereotypical vampires. Right. You know, they oh they actually do hang upside down. They, they have they to sleep. sleep during the day and yeah they uh, and then I gotta wonder if a vampire's chest is just like. Uh, really soft because that stake goes all the way through it and this is cory feldman a, yeah this a, is a 13 year old boy skinny armed 12 year old feldman goes one <laughs> arm jamming a whole stake out the back out the back of clears, the, clears the spine you know how hard that would be to grip just to, to force just to, to get it in at all it through a ma- you got a sternum right here right? yeah oh no i can't goes, imagine just powers through <laughs> The mightiest swing Casey ever took. Holy cow. Right. Yeah, that is a uh, it's a stretch, guys. <laughs> they weren't steel-tipped or anything. This was just a sharpened wooden stick. Right. But it does prove that if it bleeds, we can kill it. And <laughs> yeah. they get him, yeah, and yeah. then you see uh, Kiefer gets burned by sunlight, so you know they are vulnerable Ooh, to the, some stuff. See, that's another scary thing. The Kiefer uh, chasing them out of the cave yeah. and grabbing the, the ankle. That kind of stuff is... That kind of stuff gets me. It's well done. Because it's not just... It's not a kid's movie at that point. It is, you know, it's it's going for that scare. It's actually an R-rated movie. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Which is so bizarre since... Maybe some language... There's some language in it, but... It's... They they probably could have done still an effective PG-13. Mm-hmm. The I think the the strongest moments of the movie didn't come from any of like the gore. Right, it's a lot of the characters, and you know, there's no sex. Mm-hmm. You know, if there is bad language, I don't remember it. Well, there's a sex scene, but it's uh, well, there's no nudity. There's no real nudity. Yeah, it's a it's a very PG thirteen sex scene, exactly. and a scene. Oh, there's so many scenes for as wonderful as this movie is. There's so much that could have gone wrong. Mm. That it wasn't far from it. I'm mainly thinking of when they would do visual overlays mm-hmm. when Cry Little Sister was playing. Uh-huh. And you just get this For like, like a third time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just get slow motion Kiefer or uh, Jason Patrick humping yep. a star. And yep. then it's like Kiefer Sutherland's face overlaid it <laughs> like a Sears portrait. <laughs> it's just like, ooh, we're doing this a third ooh, time? Man, yeah. this could... But uh, every time it's just like, oh, shoot, they're doing one of those visual overlay scenes again. <laughs> awesome. Could have like, gone wrong. Oh, yeah. those could have been... If if the other material wasn't so strong in the movie, I think stuff like that would start to crumble. And mm. instead of becoming such a beloved part of it, Suddenly it'd be like, oh, yeah, this total piece of crap lost. You got to see some of this. But because the other characters and all the material is really strong, it really just kind of helps add to the weird and, again, add to, oh, yeah, this is from 1987, mm-hmm. which I think is a strength of the movie. I oh, don't, yeah, it definitely lives in its moment, right? I'm sure eventually, actually, there probably have been Lost Boys sequels that have been made recently, right? Uh, some direct-to-video ones. Yeah, yeah definitely. And With Feldman in them, as far as I sure, know. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Why not, right? Of course. Um, yeah. But this feels like the best era for this movie. I'm sure eventually they'll. it, it is bound to happen. There's going to be a big screen actual budget 
movie of this, not just a direct video. Maybe. I mean... Uh, Some of like Child's Play, it's going to be a reboot like that. The vampire stuff is interesting because it, it seems like they have always had their era every decade, right? You had the Anne Rice stuff in the 90s. You had mm-hmm. Twilight for Kids and uh, what was that uh, HBO show? Oh, yeah, True Blood. For adults, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, sexy vampires and stuff. Sure. And now they're maybe, you know. Yeah, I guess. Th- but I this is the one I could see most. I could see it. Rebooted. But it's going to. But I don't want to see. It'll be nothing like Like 2020 this. looking vampires. No. The, the 87-ness of The Lost Boys is a big part of its charm. It's, it's an the important mullets. part of its charm. Yeah, it's the mullets. There's man. a lot of mullets. <laughs> but yeah, I like the uh, the Diane Weist love story angle. I just like all the little side journeys to get us to that final showdown, which is really when all of our effects and everything get jammed into. Yeah, the final showdown's great. Actually, my f- the scene that I was laughing the hardest at is the scene where they go fill up their canteens in the uh, church yeah, with the holy water. Yeah, they just a... bust in on like a wedding or something yeah. and just... <laughs> They're just so they play it so seriously. The uh-huh. the Frog Brothers and and yeah Feldman and the other guy. It's just I uh, yeah. Well, that's I love the it. that's the best that that's a, a super important part of the Frog Brothers is, like I said, they're right and they know their stuff, but they are kids mm-hmm. and they are gonna mess up, but they do take it seriously. It's they are a funny group that does actually take it seriously. It's not just written in for bumbling kicks. Mm-hmm. They get to kill vampires. They kill another one by dumping him in freaking holy water. The the holy water bathtub is a great, yeah, great spot. Uh-huh. And uh, the dog actually gets in on that one, too. Oh, yeah. The dogs are great in this uh, Another movie. great dogs movie. Uh, you had two good two mm-hmm. good ones, right? Uh, Nanook and then the, uh, what was the, uh, the other guy's dog's name? Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Too good. Oh, see, that's another thing. Strong man. dog Diane performances. getting chased down by a dog. Yeah, yeah. That hits me. Our neighbors had big old black dog named Mary Jane. <laughs> Just a huge dog that would run at you mm-hmm. and was not nice. I remember running and jumping in the back of my uh, friend's pickup. Hmm. Their parents' pickup truck. Just I remember, getting chased by a dog. I remember riding my bike down on the neighborhood street at one point and some dog, like, across the way. Yeah. Just came at it was like a big bulldog boxer looking thing. Just started chasing me, and I'm like, ah, I have to pedal as fast as I can, and I can hear the neighbor, you know, those neighbors being like, no, don't run. <laughs> He'll only chase you if you run. You know, that had, kind of a thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had like three different moments getting chased down by this damn dog. I, it's a wonder that I'm not just petrified of dogs. I would let it go pretty immediately, but there was two different moments with this dog chase. That were straight out of a movie for me. Because <laughs> we live next door to the Silvas, and beyond that was the Nordstroms. Mm-hmm. My best friend was Colin Nordstrom, so I'd usually cut through shout the Silvas. Shout out to Colin. Yeah, shout out to the Nordstrom <laughs> family. Uh, and so I would cut through the Silvas' yard to get over well, to Colin's house. Right there. And one day I was going through my backyard, cutting through, and the dog literally came around the corner of the house like we were having a showdown. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and then it's me running back to my house. It's like, well, can't go over to Collins today because a dog is outside. It's like the sandlot, right? Yeah. And the other time I was walking home from Collins with another buddy, 
and Mary Jane comes tearing out, and I just start running. (laughs) (laughs) My friend friend. knows nothing. I start running, and he screams after me, like, what's happening? And I was like, Mary Jane is chasing us! And he just starts running with me, and it's literally, we're running around the corner of my house. The dog is, big black dog's running after us, and we, you know, crash through the front door of my house and slam it behind us. This is the thing out of the movie. We're sitting with our backs to the door now. We're like nine. Sure. And we're like panting. Out of breath, yeah. And uh, the whole time I'm like screaming that Mary Jane's chasing us. And the door closes and we're out of breath. And my friend Eric goes, who's Mary Jane? <laughs> <laughs> then the dog crashes through yeah, the window the next to the door. The dog breaks through our front window. and uh, That's Mary Jane. Yeah. Uh, and so Diet Weiss get chased down by that growling dog. Oh, that kind of stuff hits me, man. And calling out to Corey Haim like he's going to do like anything to help. And he's fumbling just to open a truck door. Like, what? <laughs> Sam, help. And yeah, like, and so I, I like those kind of, you know, real aspects of terror that it mm-hmm. put in there. It's not just like, well, they have a lot of vampires down there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and so it's just, it's such a perfect movie. It's so good for what it is. And... Like I said, as someone who's only seen it in the movie theater, now I can't imagine just... Uh, I, I've probably watched it. That's the only way you're going to... Yeah. But but I can't see wanting to watch it just on... That theater experience is so good. I'm sure if I if it goes long enough, I'll jones for it and watch it on, <laughs> on TV. It's but, jonesable. But it's one that... If it played every year or two, I imagine... Oh, yeah. I'd, for, I'd be like, yeah, I want to go out and see it. Well, it's been a while since Colts played it. Maybe it's time for a, time a revisit. It. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to remember what we saw with it last time. Was it near dark? Did they do? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think they were right. that bold. What would they have done? Maybe another awesome. Schumacher. Yeah, it could have been the RoboCop. No, that's not. That's the no, other no. <laughs> Batman Forever. Yeah, <laughs> edit that out. Uh, Batman Forever and Batman Forever. Yeah, edit that. Seriously, I don't want to look like a clown. <laughs> This guy's making Verhoeven sound like shrink. Yeah. Cut that. Remember <laughs> to cut all of it. But no, Lost Boys is perfect. The The theater crowd is so... They all love it. It's such a lovable movie in so many ways. It's so its how, own thing. I mean, how would you not love this movie? Yeah. Some, yeah. Something's wrong with you. You don't like The Lost Boys. It's great. I've not seen any of the sequels. I probably not am going to see any of the sequels. I mean, but... they kill the head vampire, spoiler alert, in the end of this movie. I don't know how there's a <laughs> oh, sequel. Oh, you guys, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, my favorite last line in a movie ever, by the it's way. It's the best. One thing about living in Santa Carla I never could stomach. All the damn vampires. It's so Grandpa perfect. coming through at the yeah, end. It is legitimately one of the greatest all-time final lines in a movie. Yep. Just drinking a root beer. None of this Casablanca. <laughs> got yeah. talk, what are we talking? Come on. We're talking the Lost Boys here. We're talking Lost yeah. Boys. Greatest All last lines. Damn vampires. <laughs> and then we go right into uh, what Echo. Yeah. Then, like yeah. boom. We just that is it. Fade to black. Yeah. It, it's credits. It's, it's perfect. It is. It is a perfect. Actually, it's great. Line. But yeah, you see him, and then you get the shot of of the family looking at him and they're just covered in soot and blood and yeah. dirt. And we, we get a little that look light, of like light grandpa? shift of like, yeah, <laughs> so good. The reveal this whole time, the grandpa's just like, look, I love living on the beach. You knew love living the, my cliffside view here, but you got to put up with some vampire horse sense. I mean, it keeps the, the property level, you know, prices <laughs> down, makes it affordable. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You don't want to gentrify Santa Carla. 
we watched uh, earlier on this podcast history, we watched the the film I, I really liked, Bumblebee, which is also another Santa Cruz one. Oh, and yeah. That's man, good. these sure. Santa Cruz oceanfront cliffside homes play so well in movies that I enjoy. So far, I got a success record three for with three. these Santa Cruz movies. But The Lost Boys, oh, what a picture. It's uh, it's the ultimate, yeah. It's, it's so good. It's everything. If you like vampires, if you like 80s, if you like oiled up saxophone players, who wouldn't? This is it, man. Like I said, that's pro- that is one the of my jewel. most exciting cinematic experiences <laughs> was the energy in the room moments before Sax Man. <laughs> like, because I didn't know. You didn't. You you said you could have like, known. You, you could not have known, right? Yeah, you compared it to Sleepaway Camp, absolutely. And that, like, we didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know. So it was just like Sleepaway. I didn't know. Somehow, I didn't know about Tim Capello. Exactly. Somehow. Until a scene in that theater, I had seen parodies of it without knowing specifically what it was mm. parodying, but I didn't know. And then just hearing the excitement from like a hundred other people of like. It's going to be on the biggest screen in the county it's in like coming. five seconds. You can hear the music playing. The crowd's getting into it on the on the screen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the soundtrack is like, put that on the radio anytime. Yeah. Soundtrack for this is iconic. Cry Little Sister is a great song. But yeah, everything on the soundtrack is pretty cool. And that was such a bold choice for that movie to be such a recurring theme throughout yeah. this movie. If you pick a dud that just... It would be really easy to pick a song that just doesn't really represent your movie mm-hmm. very well. A lot can go wrong. <laughs> it's true. And that song was going to be shaping the tone for a lot of this movie. It played throughout constantly mm-hmm. through some all the pivotal scenes. And if that is a dud, <laughs> your movie can come off like so lame. You don't see a theme playing a, that many times in a movie often. Yeah, it played at least three or four times. Yeah, at different it, it scenes. Was, it was a really lost art it it's a really great way to yeah give you a touchstone and kind of almost that peter and you know peter and the wolf uh, mm. <laughs> like kind of mm-hmm. assigning this uh you know star wars did that you sure, know, Luke's sure theme and leia's theme and all those give you familiar uh so it kind of brings us back to our point in, t- in time and that kind of oh it played all through the pivotal moments and is just so strong and i don't even know if i'd be into that song removed from the movie mm-hmm. you know it just is so complimentary to the tone that they were going for it just adds to it it's so great it's what i, I like can't to say call enough good stuff about this movie. pure cinema yeah yeah it's, it's beautiful i love the lost boys love the so lost boys much. uh check it out it's on hbo go right now for like the rest of the month yeah but uh don't don't you don't need to wait until the theater if you no. somehow haven't seen the lost boys oh geez go get it I'm just trying to watch the lost boys here. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, Eric, thank you. Charlie, thank I, you. I loved hearing thank all the Blue Velvet stuff. Service. I did not know we were going to get into uh... David Lynch. and uh, <laughs> Like I said, insights. first time I saw it, it didn't hit me. This time, I just kept getting hit with Blue Velvet That's thoughts. cool. So, I don't know. That's part of why I love movies, man. I love them, too. All these things to notice. I love movies so much. I love talking about them with you, and uh, we'll do it again we'll soon. We'll do it again. Very soon. Until then. It's come to this. <laughs>